season two, episode three. We are here with Chaco the Bulldozer, Vamo, the stats man himself, Excel spreadsheet extraordinaire, the Spanish barber, all ACC, all American, ACC champion, Ben Tomo one trained, Blacksburg's finest, and newest member of Tim Man Elite, Antonio Lopez Segura. Welcome to the pod. I'm going to have to interrupt you. It's pronounced Chacho, not Chacho. Chacho. I was going to say, Chacho. Do I redo the whole thing now? Is that no. how it has to go? No. I feel like I couldn't tell you, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, you made just all that effort. Just bat. You were you just made, cringing the whole time. You made all that effort. <laughs> and I wasn't Ben Thomas' train. That's the only thing. Really? And Johanny Meyer. That was my trainer, my okay. coach. Okay. Uh, Ben Thomas left as I came to Virginia Tech yeah. and came back as I left. Yeah. So, so I was recruited. So Ben Thomas yeah. uh, just avoided you. Pretty much. She's like, I don't like this kid, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I, I tell you what, I'm very jealous of, uh, out of everything in your title, I am the most jealous that you are an AC champion. Uh, it's a feat that I never uh, could accomplish myself. Um, and I think your ACC championship is you have just the one, right? The 5K this year? I got two. Uh, indoors also? I got indoor 5K my junior year. So gotcha. I did five years. That was my third year. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, I'm. I think it's very impressive the way you did your last title because you lost the day before in the 10K uh, to the Syracuse runner. And then you came back the next day in the 5K, AC champion. Like, take me through what it was like to bounce back for that race and kind of the emotions that went into all of a sudden being like, all right, I'm going to rally. And did you think you were going to win that race going into it? Was that your expectation? So the the thing that a lot of people don't know is I was actually not supposed to even do the 10K. Um, I was used to both do the 5K straight up. My coach was like, we don't need to do both races. If we don't win the team title, like it, it's not going to be on you because you didn't do both. I just want you to do 5K so you're more fresh for regionals and nationals. But I just realized myself is like, this is my last ACC championship. And I want to win as a team because we always win indoors, but we never win outdoors. Just because you have like 10 pole vaulters for anyone listening. Is right. They, no, just, they, they, did, they score like 40 points in the pole vault and it would just piss me off to no end because I'm like, how is Virginia Tech winning? Because it's not like you guys had like a really good sprint team or, I mean, your distance team always, yeah. you know, pulled its weight, mm-hmm. but it's your pole vaulters, I think, but more than Oh, anything. yeah. Especially, I think, when you were still in college. Yeah. Has that changed? It has changed. Now we're more uh, of a all-around team. I think sprinters are are very good. You know, SEC is the best of sprints, but um, for the ACC, we do get a bunch of points. So, yeah, c- coming back to the story, I wasn't supposed to do the 10K, 5K because my coach told me not to, but I'm like, I need to do this for the team and for myself. I feel like I needed to do that. As a fifth year, I needed to show the younger generation you know the freshmen and the sophomores that like you need to do anything you can for this team you know because e- even though it's individual sport it's like also team right especially for we get tech um so uh, i did the 10k and then because i did the 10k coach was you don't have to do 5k after <laughs> if you don't want to if you're too tired don't do it even if the title's on the line right i'm like the title was on the line and i was pretty sore but i'm like gotta do it even though i was not confident because i was supposed to win more of the 10k than the 5k right because i came in yeah. came in with the best time in the acc after running the, the california race in 28 um lows so what was it 28 28.09 so yeah 
And that was a huge PB at the time, right? It was like PB by 50 seconds. Yeah. So, I mean, California is a great place to run with, like, it was a perfect race. So, um, I was going to gonna PR most likely. But my confidence individually wasn't like pretty high because I lost the event I was supposed to do the best on and I didn't even come second. I came third, you know, and I lost on the kick. Mm-hmm. So, I was not confident individually. But when it came down to it, I forgot about all that because the team title was on the line. I was like, you just got to win. And if you don't win, you got to at least beat the UBA guys. Because That's right. That's right. Because the UBA guys are about to win the team title if you don't beat them. So you had double. It was your rival school. It's like, and, yeah. It's like no school. We hate Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Our producer. <laughs> so I know. I had to say it on purpose. Now, they're great guys, but obviously the rivalry is there, so we don't want to yeah. do it. So I knew if I did my job, we might not win the title, but at least, you know, maybe UVA didn't win. So, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? You're making me feel really bad because I remember my coach being like, Sam, like, what do you think about 10K, 5K double at conference? And I was like, absolutely not. I'm all in on the 5K and I still lost. So I think there's something to be said about what you did is being there for your team, being all in for the points and coming out with that victory. That was something that I remember when we were recruiting you to Tim Man Elite and we saw that video of you winning that AC Championships. Roll the clip if you're watching it on YouTube right now. Um, running down that stretch and you're like passing lap people and it's like the announcer's just going crazy and and like really hyping you yeah. up. You know, that, was, that was great. I was actually, I was surprised I kicked that fast because... Yeah. You were running angry after How, losing that 10K. It wasn't <laughs> even the 10K being angry. Obviously, I wasn't happy. I was pretty mad because I wanted those, those points for a team. Because for me, ACC is, is at Virginia Tech is more for a team, as a team thing. Because if if your team's not going to win the team title, it's more individual, right? You don't care as much because nothing nothing's going to really matter for the team. I mean, there's in team goals. If Like, let's get tough out of the team. But it's, it's not the same with the team titles on the line. So I get that why you didn't want to do both. Both races because yeah. NC State. No, we were actually yeah. that's they're good at cross though. They're good at cross, <laughs> but they're not like great at track because they're a decent school, right? So right. so I get that. Like I would have individually, I would have not done both. I would have yeah. just done the packet, honestly. Yeah. Uh being being honest. And um yeah, I was pissed, but I was more like I don't know, just excited to leave it all in the line for the team. Was that your proudest moment of your college career? Probably, yeah, proud for sure. Like at least like team, like I did it for the team. I was definitely, that that one or maybe indoors um, where in the DMR, we, we actually, you know, mentioned it, I, I did actually win ACC's in DMR a couple of years and the second year. Uh, DMR is the coolest event. It is the coolest. All of like, the four by four, maybe. Yeah. You know, like just at the end of the meet when it's really exciting and the sprinters all duke it out. That's pretty sweet. But the DMR is the first one at ACC. Is the first final. Right. I think all of the ball balls. Sometimes they have it there the same day. But you you know you might or might not need the points. So you want to score all the points. Yeah. You got to set the tone that weekend. And yeah. honestly, the times we win the the DMR, it, we usually win the, the meet. Mm-hmm. It sets the tone, right? And or four hundred guy pull pull his hamstring. Like we lost like four or five seconds. Well, the guy came a little like back a couple of seconds, but we were still like a second and a half behind. And Norden was the favorite because they had Nagus on the anchor, mm-hmm. right? Who? Uh, Yard Nagus. You know him. Yeah, Norden. Great, great. I mean, American record holder. The, the best American <laughs> runner right now. Yeah. Like, and hands down. Yeah, hands down. I mean, three American records at least. 
that I know of three, right? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe four, who knows? Two, two more this year. Um, he was, I really hope Yar doesn't run the 5K. <laughs> really, yeah, but everyone knows. About to worth five, right? <laughs> but um, he, he was in the anchor, and I just remember, like, I didn't care who, who was there. I was just going to do the best. And the fact is he would pull away a little bit first because he also got excited because he was his only race of the mean because uh, I think he was a little hurt. But then I, I just kept com- coming back. And, like, with 100 to go, like, I was right there. So I actually, like, had run faster than him by, by that point because I cut off the second half that was behind. Then he did fall at the end, let's be honest. He did fall the last 50 meters. It's really not? Yeah. Yeah. I think I vaguely remember. He she stumbled on the rail, right? Because he he was just close to the rail, uh. So we end up winning, obviously, because we failed. Was that home too, average? It was average. So it was just like everybody is going crazy. 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 Yeah, I don't know if we would have won the race to be honest. Like it would have been close, mm-hmm. but I think that's one of my proudest moments because I I just didn't even think about who was in front of me. I was just like, I gotta be that guy. I, yeah. Even though he just got a head start on me, I'm I gotta be that guy. And the fact is. We don't know if it would have won. I wish I could have ran like one of those pen relay races and like NC State. Like at the time, I don't think we even had anyone that had ever broke. Like our team record wasn't even like sub 150 and 800. So there was no <laughs> chance of us winning a DMR title at pen relays or anything against like Georgetown and Villanova and everything mm-hmm. like that and Oregon when they would come. But, uh, and I guess Wisconsin is a mainstay at pen relays also. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, uh, when I see yeah, that's good too. Yep, that's right. And when I see the excitement of like when they win a title and just all the boys come and just like mob each other, like that has to be like one of the best feelings ever. And I'm sure that's what you guys did and how you celebrated at home. Like even felt better than Perry Realist because he was at home. Yeah, the championships. You know, we had a guy pull a hamstring and yeah. we literally won. He did fall, but like yeah. everybody was. Cheering like I used yeah. to be like yard without him falling like yeah. <laughs> not, not nothing mattered at that point nothing mattered at that yeah. point it was like so insane of like a feeling and so yard is looking for revenge then this year is what you're telling me I guess <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not gonna give him the um the satisfaction because I'm gonna focus on the tank that's right <laughs> unless he wants to go to the 10k I'm not gonna be running the 1500 as much so yeah maybe we won't race together. This podcast is once again brought to you by Pillar Performance. I am drinking the Berry Magnesium right now. I drink it before bed. I drink it after a really hard session. It puts me right to sleep, gets my muscles feeling good for the next day. World-class athletes, the gold medalist in the Ironman triathlon distance is using it right now. And I think it is such a secret weapon. Take advantage of it. Use code TINTALK for 15% off your first order now. They also have a ton of immunity products and joint vitamin D, all sorts of stuff on the website. Get on your supplement game and get running quicker and recover faster with Pillar Performance. Thank you so much for sponsoring the podcast. You're keeping us going. You're getting us here every day. And if you are listening, I would really appreciate you checking out Pillar and supporting the pod and supporting a great up and coming supplement brand in the running space. So talk to me about how things are going um, and kind of like go back to your decision to join the team and how things have been going in Boulder so far. Let's give people an update. And Joey, let's hear let's hear from you. I know we heard from you on the first episode of the podcast, but like how are things going since then? 
since the first podcast. Thank yeah, you. you were you were just like starting training at that point. Oh yeah, we're week six. We're phase one, as I like to call it, in our um, build up towards US Cross. Uh, I did eight by K today on the track, two hundred jog, a couple sprints. Felt good. I should hit around eighty this week. Nice. Um, little life update. I bought an e bike. Oh, through the Colorado rebate program. Shout out Teller for telling me about it. Nice. Got a sweet one. Didn't have to pay a penny for it. So, wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Now I get so I ride that around Longmont whenever I have something close by. Um, in the summer, do you think you'll actually e-bike to practice yeah. up to Niwa? If it's just Niwa, yeah, for sure. Or maybe, I mean, Sandstone's not that far away either. Like, yeah. It's like a probably a three-mile bike, and the thing gets up to 20 miles an hour, so could get there pretty quick on the bike path. Yeah, yeah, that is sweet. That's good for the legs. You don't want to get them too tired before practice. Right, yeah, <laughs> and just you just push on the throttle. It goes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Better use the electric part of it, yeah. But yeah, it's been good to you know get back into it and train, especially with Antonio. I think we're all super excited to have him on the team and yeah, um, good. my fellow Spanish-speaking brother. Yeah. <laughs> to, uh, yeah, just start ripping, just come, coming into the winter. Yeah, I think you've already kind of, the people listening right now, I think already will understand um, from the two stories you just told, um, you're all about the team. And I think that was something that we all gravitated towards you right away is that you're not only a selfless runner, but like you also bring like a, this like youthful humility to the team where that you are just like a sponge that you want to just like learn from us. And I think that goes a long way. I think a lot of people, when they come into new settings, sometimes they just want to be like, oh, I know what I'm doing. And they're like, you know, and I think that you have just taken all the new training and everything that we've thrown at you like in stride. So talk to us about how that's been so far. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, being honest, when I when I came for the first couple months after I finished my season, like it wasn't a good time, but not because the team, it was, I was just tired, you know, of, of all the whole cross country, indoors and outdoors. And I didn't race well. It wasn't a good time for me, but actually taking the break and starting, it has been great. Um, having you guys back uh, from from like racing and all that, and and starting to build up with the team uh, is has been great. Um, we we have been doing a, a lot of different things I have not done, so it's been good to learn new things and new training philosophy and, and all that. And the same way, I, I know you said I'm I'm humble and and I'm ready <laughs> to learn. I feel like I have both things. I'm like, I'm ready to learn, but I also will challenge a little bit in the same way. Right. And I think that's um, good to build trust, I feel like, because, um, you know, you you want to, people want to hear, like, that they're, like, their training is great, but also you give them feedback and, like, um, you know, like, oh, I might think this, this might be a little different. Like, I, I would do this a little different makes makes the all the teammates and the coaches like no i care and like i'm not just saying sure let's do that you know mm -hmm. like i actually trust what i'm doing by like making suggestions but also you know the the, the things I, I i don't make suggestions on i definitely believe on you know what i mean i mean that's one of my favorite things about coach hunter in general is that like we do have a say we can sit down yeah. and have a conversation with her about that's like good. hey why are we doing this what do you think we should do next week um do you think we could go here this week and that's something that I think that you don't get that luxury with no, too many and that, and coaches that, yeah. or let alone with professional coaches. So that's great because, um, I, I have, I mean, being honest, I have talent, Jono, her training and sometimes she's like, oh yeah, let's do that. Right. Sometimes she's like, no, this is why you are like getting to a head and she explains why. And then I understand that, you know, 
I prefer challenge her and her setting me down and giving me a reason why. Because then I'm like, okay, that makes sense. But I needed to hear the reason why that's not what I think is good is not good, you know? I think it's tough for younger runners specifically when they challenge like their high school coach where it's like, dude, you just started running. Like right. just trust yeah. him, you know? Um, and same thing in college. Like when you're a freshman, I think it's very, I think I brought it up today actually at one point in practice where when I was running with Austin, where it's very easy for a freshman to come into a team and just be kind of like a know-it-all because if you're like four years in high school and then you train too hard and then you get injured, it's like a very classic kind of yeah. coming into college thing. And uh, I think it's different at the professional level because you've earned it, you know, like to some respect to question things because it is your now your job, you know, yeah, it's but, different than just you're getting yeah. your education and you get to do this sport. And uh, yeah. But sport. obviously, even if you learn, like if you earned the, the, the right to, mm-hmm. to ask and challenge, obviously we don't know everything that, right. Like we're athletes. We're like, most of the times we just do whatever our coach tell us and like, like, cause they're the ones that know the most, they're the ones that do the most research, you know? So. It, it's good that I'm able to challenge Joan, but she takes some of my suggestions when she thinks they're appropriate, and then she tells me why not, and then we move move forward. For sure. But at least I know why, and I learn from it too. So that, yeah. that's great. That's so important for your own personal development throughout the years. That's how you figure out what's best for you and what's not, and it helps morph your way of thinking about what truly is like your best way to train, you know? Yeah. So better early than to wait, you know, a couple of years. Like some people kind of, it takes a while for a lot of people to get into that groove of like, this is truly what's best for me. And I'm going to be able to challenge my coach to like, you know, think in a similar way as me in terms of coming together to help me train better. Yeah. And the thing I like about Joan is she just doesn't just say no, no, this is best for you. No. Like she's like, no. And this is why let me explain. And then we talk and until I don't feel comfortable that I understand then she still explains. And I, and I really appreciate that about her. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah, and that all comes from a point of respect, right? Obviously. You know, where it's like if there is just a complete lack of trust and you're going and you're approaching it from a lack of trust standpoint, and I think this is just good advice for any runner that's listening that has any problems with their coaches and stuff where it's like you are always going to doubt what you're doing to some degree. And in, and that is natural because there is insecurity that comes with pouring your heart out in this sport and training and with racing you want to constantly be sure that you're doing everything that you possibly could be doing. And when you have something that's so important to you, insecurity will come with it. And I guess I wanted to ask you, Antonio, what are times in your sport where you feel like you have outgrown your own insecurities in the sport, where it has been either from an early age, um, believing in yourself. Like, can you talk to me about some times where you had some insecurities within your own running and how you grew from those experiences? Yeah. So starting, I started running at nine years old. And to be honest, when I was, when I was a kid, I had the least insecurities. I would just run with no fear. I would just go out and like, which is easy to do because when you're a kid, there's not that many good runners because people just don't take it seriously. I wasn't even taking it seriously myself. But talent carries super easy, right? So it's easy to be confident and just, oh, I'm just going to run fast. And if someone wants to catch me, then whatever. But I'm going to run fast, right? But I think I first started to get insecure a little bit in uh, college. Because you came as a, come as a freshman, right? You think you're you're the best runner. I won states. I'm like, I won Spanish uh, under 14 national. 
You know, like sick. I can't believe I forgot to add that in the intro. You know what I mean? Prestigious <laughs> title. You you read all 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 these phrases as a kid because obviously the good people are scattered around. Mm. They're not all in the same league, which is the NCAA, right? That's the best college like college age leader by far, right? So you come as a freshman and then you start getting you getting like you in heat four yeah. of or like honestly, as sometimes I was in heat like eight or ten right and i was still not winning the heat so i was like i mean heat eight at boston university you're still running sub four so i don't know what you're talking about heat eight well <laughs> freshman year boston wasn't really the thing yet yeah. you know like but it was rally relays you know that's right you know, that's right rally relays rally relays 5k east girl <laughs> yeah that is poor man tempered in by rally relays stand up yeah <laughs> I mean, I was in the morning sections yeah. because I couldn't make the afternoon good weather, like not too hot, like like night section. <laughs> yeah. So, because obviously, like oh, outdoors, you want like night races on the bench. Sure. But anyways, coming back to it, I just started getting insecure, and it it is hard to outgrow that. Like, I don't think I've fully outgrown that yet because I. I've never got back to when I was a kid when I was just like, no fear, I'm gonna win this race. But I've seen you run races, and it was something that, like, when I, with any recruit for Tim Manley, like, I always love to go back and watch all their races and, like, see what type of race there are and see, like, oh, wow, if he just or she does this, they can improve a lot. And I think one thing about you was that you were such a fearless racer. And when I watched those NCAA Indoor 3K championships, you were never afraid to go to the front. And, like, maybe I know you regret it now, but, like, same thing, Nationals, 5K this year, you know, you weren't afraid to get to the front and you know, yeah. inject yourself into the race. So, like, obviously, you do have a lot of swagger. Uh, and then, yeah. No, I, I agree. Mo- most of the times when I'm insecure is before the races, the, the days before. Mm-hmm. It's, it's funny for me, the way I get insecure is four weeks before the race, I'm having good training. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this massive PR, right. break the NCA record, whatever, right? Yeah. Like, who cares? Every week closer to the race, I get a little more insecure. Yeah. The week off, I'm like, I'm not ready. If I if I break a PR, that's that's an awesome. Yeah. Like, like I don't need to PR by that much. And then the the day off is like you better not have a bad race. Like, so then you speak close to your PR. So then when the gun goes off, for some reason I'm able to like forget about that. To like mostly usually like a hundred percent or like ninety. So there's no tips or tricks in there that you could you know teach people that you do to yourself to combat those insecurities or Joey. Do you have any? Well, for, for me, I feel like <laughs> just on the start, you want, I just I feel like I don't know if people experience the same thing as I do because I usually get nervous and insecure before. But in the race, I, it doesn't matter what happens before. I usually just do like do my best and not be afraid of going with people because I was insecure earlier. It just how would I feel in the race? That's how I perform. Like if I feel good one mile into the race then that's my confidence because my my my, uh, my doubts are when I don't know how the first mile is going to feel. Mm-hmm. So I guess the one advice if you're in my situation would be you could, even if you're insecure before the race, once you're in the race, you actually know what your potential for that race is. So whatever your doubts were before, don't matter if one, one lap into the mile race, you're like, this feels easy. Why not go a little faster, even though you were doubting yourself, I, I should be going three seconds lower per lap, you know? Because you actually feel better in the race. Like, just trust your instincts in the race, you know? 
And one thing I also do, if I, I doubt myself a lot, so usually now before races, but I start telling myself, well, you doubt yourself all the time before a race. <laughs> and then you race well. Yeah. So, so drawing, so like you're drawing on past experiences. Yeah. Sounds like is one of your biggest. Yeah. Because I've had a lot of times where I doubt myself and then it's like, wow, mm-hmm. I, I did a good race. So then before a race, when I'm doubting myself, it's like, well, those three times you doubt yourself and you still race well. So this is one of those times you're probably mm-hmm. going to race well. So I tried to tell myself that uh, before. I still doubt myself, but a, a little less. Yeah, I think there's something to be said about like just trusting your instincts, especially as like uh, especially as especially as like as somebody who is pretty savvy at racing mm-hmm. on the starting line. And I think just even for the younger generation or the younger runners, that like just let your instincts take over. Whatever happens in the race, like just continue to learn from it. You know, like I think I really resonate with what you were saying where. You know, basically, like up until this year, um, or sorry, this this past June when I ran at USA's, I would get to the starting line at, at USA's and feel like a completely different person than all the training I had done before. I'd be like you were. I was like training a bunch. I was like, I'm making a team. Like, there's no way I'm not. Like, I feel great. And then I would be in the call room at USA's, and I just feel like a completely different person. I'd be like, How the hell did I get here? I feel like I haven't done any posture leading up to this point. I would call it whatever you want. Like, yeah. I just like did not know who I was at that point. Hmm. You know, it was like, I feel like I haven't trained at all. I don't feel like I'm ready. But once this year, once the gun went off, mm-hmm. it really was just like pure instinct of like, all right, just keep moving up, just keep moving up, stay calm, stay patient. Like, I feel like I've always had that good race instinct, but I haven't been able to utilize it because I was so like, in, like I was so engulfed in the idea that I didn't know who I was on that starting line. But in reality, if you do just trust your race instincts and once that go- gun goes off, it clicks and it's like, all right, I'm in it now. Like, it doesn't matter what's gone to this point. Like, just race your best. That's probably a pretty good way to approach it, you know, knowing that you'll be fine once that gun goes off. Yeah. yeah. There's, I think, um, I think that's something that is very common with, you know, any runner at any level is they make a plan. And then the minute that plan for whatever race strategy you had doesn't go according to plan, especially in mile races. Mm-hmm. I feel like in mile races is a very easy one where it's like, hey, your coach tells you, get in the top third of the race. But guess what? Every single person's coach told them that. And all of a sudden you're in dead last or you're boxed in. And I think those are the moments where you cannot freak out. And that's where the instinct part comes in, where there's so often in races that I have kind of run my best is I don't have a plan. And I do just have complete faith that I am going to trust my instincts wherever I'm the most relaxed in that race, whether it's in the front or it's in dead last and I move myself up in that race, that's when it usually turns out the best. So I definitely think that there is something to be said with visualizing, making a race plan, you know, playing out all those scenarios 100% with your coach and sticking to it. But there's also something to be said for just trusting yourself and trusting your instincts. And whenever those doubts come, know and just reassure yourself, whatever you need to tell yourself, give yourself those words of affirmation that, hey, when that gun goes off, whatever happens, it's going to be what is supposed to happen this day, whether it's my best day or my worst day. That is what this chapter of my very long book is going to be. No, and it's definitely for sure hard the first times you have a plan and it doesn't go accordingly right. to the plan, right? Like to know what to do. But more that, more that happens, the more you get used to improvising and for the sure. better you get at improvising in the race. I feel like if you, if you tell myself when I was a kid running the first races and my dad used to be like, do this, this and that. And then I would not do it. I would freak out a little bit. Right. Yeah. Like I don't know what to yeah. do. 
But as I get older, that's happened so many times to me that now, first of all, I don't freak out as much. You know, sometimes you, you get a little nervous, it's normal, mm -hmm. you know, but then I'm more assertive on what to do when that happens. So I think this comes with practice. It's funny if like the plan doesn't go according like to what you expected and you don't do, you freak out the first couple of times. Like that's normal, but like you, you'll learn over time and that experience just comes from doing more races. For sure. Yeah. So when you were a kid, uh, you have a crazy stat that you told me, um, on a double or one of the runs we were on since you've come to Boulder is that you ran 345 in the 1500 Yeah. when you were 18 years old. I mean, what does that, what does that convert to? What is a 345? It's like 403. That's like 403. Maybe four. I mean, that's a, that is a crazy fast time. So you were in the U S already when you did that. I, or that was in Spain. So I came here with junior in high school. Junior. Uh, I, I ran. 356 in the 15 like it was like no four 414 in the mile you went from 356 1500 to 345 yeah one year basically yeah like 11 12 second pr when i get went back to spain senior year which i was actually running less miles i was literally only running 20 miles a week <laughs> like yeah <laughs> i was i was doing 40 like 30 to 40 junior year in high school uh because my coach, like the, like his training was more miles, you know, we didn't do any crazy workouts like that, but we, it was more mileage. Uh, but then when I went back, I went back to my old training, which was like, well, you barely run, but when you run, you run fast. And I'm not saying that was smart, but that's why my, my, uh, mileage was very low. And I guess I was a 1500 runner, but coming more from the 800 mm -hmm. because I was just doing three by one K, uh, fast on spikes. With what is this? What is my workout? What was it like growing up in Spain and like your introduction to running? Well, I, as I said, I started running pretty early when I was nine and I was actually doing basketball before running. Mm -hmm. And the reason I, I changed because I did my, my, my elementary school race, you know, in like fifth grade. Uh, I don't know if that's elementary school in the U.S. Was it a mile or what was it? It was like an 800, right? And I, and I was second, so I could have it. <laughs> no, no, it was like on, on the road. Yeah. So it was just like, you know, I, like literally around the block. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no time. I go second. I was like, oh, wow. Mm -hmm. I'm great. I'm like second in my school. And I, was like, I remember like, being very hype in like seventh and eighth grade whenever the mile test would come in and be like, okay, I'm you know, four foot 10, but guess what? Today you are all going to learn <laughs> what I'm all about. <laughs> yeah. I know. And that's, and that's exciting. Like when you're a kid, like being the first one in your school, that's like the best thing in the world. And then I went to the tower race, right? Yeah. And in the tower, I, I won the race and, you know, so I started getting excited. And then basically the reason I, I, I changed because I did a few races. My dad used to run when he was a, a kid and actually a little older than a kid, like maybe like 19. And then because for basketball, practice was only twice a week and for running was three times a week. So I got to go uh, have fun and practice one more time doing track and field. Yeah. So I, I moved sports. So do you think <laughs> you're the best basketball player on the team then? No. No. Switch I did switch when I was nine, so I retired pretty early. Okay. And I think if I would have kept doing basketball, I think I would have been a little taller. Yeah. <laughs> Just by doing it, you know, like yeah. trying to reach high. I you know? swear running has stunted my growth. I asked my doctor that. I swear. She told, <laughs> was, she told me I was supposed to be 6'4". And then I said, six power yeah, right. six foot. Yeah. I was like, you <laughs> mess that up? He's like, that's messed up for a doctor to tell a kid, like, you're going to be 6'4". You're like, 
Shooting soccer with the Yankees. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, I was supposed to be six foot, you know? Yeah. At least. At least. And I'm 5'8 here. You know, you dude, you try my best. We are all six We're all six foot. Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah, I think I I changed when I realized I wasn't going to grow anymore. So, yeah. I wasn't going to have a future there. So, I know you told me that your biggest dream when you started running was to be an Olympian. And now it is an Olympic year. And you mentioned earlier that you're going to focus on the 10K this year. Mm-hmm. What is it looking like right now in terms of what it's going to take to qualify? And what are you looking to do this year in your build up to kind of make that dream a reality? Yeah. And just, just to start it, like, let's be honest. When I was a kid, everybody thinks they're going to make the Olympics. I sure as hell did. So that, <laughs> notion. That's, how it, that's how it all started. Like when you're nine, it's like, oh, yeah. Well, when I was doing basketball, I thought I was going to make the NBA. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like it, didn't, it didn't matter how good I was. I was always like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be. It'll, the, it'll work out. Right. Ricky Rubio, yeah. Antonio Lopez, next. But then I'm actually. Is Ricky Rubio Spanish? Or yeah, no, he is. He is. Yes, he is. Yeah. I was going to say uh, Pau Gasol. They're also Spanish. Yeah. You know? uh, but I think I'm lucky enough that me being naive like when i was nine that i maybe like i was gonna make the olympic for sure now i'm like you know to be like oh this is right there maybe it's right there like i'm still need to make a a big step let's be honest but it's a doable step you know with a little bit of luck you know so um i don't even know what your question was earlier i i I literally (laughs) forgot no worries (laughs) i asked like what are you gonna do this year uh, to try to make that Olympic dream oh. a reality. Oh, yeah. You, you were mentioning, too, the 10K. Why the 10K, right? So I think the 10K, um, even though, like, it's not my favorite event, you know, mm-hmm. I think that's the one that had the best chance of making it. And if you tell me you got to do an event that you're not the most comfortable with, but you're actually maybe a little more gifted at, plus it's easier to make it in Spain, like, I'm going to take that, you know, at least for the Olympics. If it was a world championship, it would be like, I'll do the 5K, focus more on the 5K because that's that's the event I want to do. But the Olympics is only every four years. I don't get a try. So um, I think I'll be pretty close to safe if I if I qualify by world, world rankings and I run Spain only uh, is asking for 2750. Uh, at least to be able to consider you if you okay. if you make it through world rankings, they'll take you if you run at least 27. So you need to run two 10Ks and get enough points in those two 10Ks qualified exactly. Olympics? Unless I run sub 27 flat, which I don't think I'm there. <laughs> like, yeah. Not yet. But I mean, I, I don't think realistically that year that, w- that will happen because jumping from a minute, from a minute, 10 seconds from PR, and, I, and that was already a big jump, you know? It's, I would be crazy to think that's going to happen, right? So I'm most likely going to try and do like two races that are good enough in a, in a good enough place to get points. And those are going to barely get me in, but get me in. And then maybe the next year I can try and be like, okay, this year we're going from the standard. We're not just going to try and get in. We're going to like be like, you know, top eight, you know, whatever. So uh, I think... That's my best chance, and you know it's not for sure because, as I said, it's by world rankings and right. yeah. I mean, and everybody's trying to get the points, so like everyone is all in this year. Everyone is all yeah. in. Everybody's all in. Like I'm not the only one working hard. Everybody, you know, all the teams are working hard. Uh, and I think right now I don't think all our Spaniards are gonna go for the tanky, but who knows? Maybe there's three, four Spaniards that are like, I'm gonna do the tanky because it's yeah. a easier event to make in Spain, 
and now it's the hardest. Who knows? You know, yeah, you know, Mocatier could all of a sudden be like, I'm tripling. No. I mean, if Jakob yeah. is not going to do the 10K, then I'll go to the 10K. Fine. Yeah, and like there's, like, realistically, there's these couple of three guys that could be better than me in the 10K, but they're not even doing the 10K because they're already, they're like me. Like, they prefer the 5K, but they're actually, like, very good in the 5K. They're sub-13, so they don't need to go up the 10K, right? So, um, that being said, I'm going for the 10K without leaving the 5k on this on this I, i'm still going to try make the 5k you know why not like because the good thing about spain is the national championship in the 10k is in march it's separate so i don't have to double so i could do one march see how it goes still do my two 10ks to try and qualify mm-hmm. and then focus on the 5k after those that's done and then try and do the 5k and if i make both i make both if i make the 10k and not the 5k well i made the 10k that's why we focus on it if i don't make the 10k even though I wasn't planning on making the 5K, like that was not my, my first plan, but then I made the 5K, then at least I made the 5K. Yeah. So um, I'm going to do my best to put myself out there to make the Olympics in whatever event, 10K or 5K or both, you know? Because if I qualify in both, I'm going on both, obviously. Yeah. I'm not just going to not take the opportunity. Um, so when you think about this year, so what would, outside of becoming an Olympian, of course, like what would you measure this first year professional? It's a transition. It can be very hard for some people. What would you measure this year as success? Yeah, so this is not just an Olympic year. There's European championships, as you definitely know. I mean, I, even though he's Spaniard, like, yeah. <laughs> not really, like, I gotta get my citizenship. Yeah, like, <laughs> he's not really worried about Europeans. I don't know if he knew that was happening, right? But, um, um, I think a success, obviously, the Olympics is every four years, and I want to make it, and that's why, even though it might be a little unrealistic or like I need luck, that's what I'm trying to do, right? But success would be making Europeans in the 10K, which is 2750. That's the standard. If I run sub 2750, I'm in. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Unless all the guys in Spain, but like usually if I did it, I, I will go in. So that would be a success, I think. Getting a PR indoors in like maybe the 3,000 or the 5,000 and then making the 10K at uh, Europeans. I think that I, I, I'll be disappointed for a little bit that you made the Olympics, but then I'll be like, well, to be fair, it was pretty hard and you made Europeans, which you maybe didn't think you would make it in like three years ago. So mm-hmm. like that would be a success. Mm-hmm. I, I, I will end up being happy with that after... A couple of weeks of being inside that made the Olympics. It's something that I've been telling myself also, where it's like Europeans is before the Olympics. And it is this golden opportunity with the most possible potential points we could get that if you go all in on Europeans and you are top five at Europeans, whether it's in the 5K or the 10K. You get points, yeah. You are probably, you are probably going to make the Olympics. Assuming those races with the caliber of competition, I mean, there's, so many 13 flat guys in Europe now that if you're able to be top five at Europeans, you're probably going to make the Olympics. So like, that's kind of my mindset too, where it's like all in for Europeans so that the Olympics works out and follows suit. Yeah. And that's the thing trying to make the Olympics. I, I want to, I need to run five twenty seven fifty. So in you route, can do that at Europeans too. Yeah. Well, but it's your nose first. Yeah. First in yeah. Rome. Yeah. Damn. In route to trying to make the Olympics, I might make Europeans. And by making Europeans, I might make the Olympics. So, like, it, I think it's a perfect opportunity to, because Europeans, I might have a better chance of making the Olympics. 
But also, if I don't make the Olympics, I still have another big championship I should be proud of making. So what are the two 10Ks then that you want to go after? Well, that's the thing. If I do one in March, I need to do the national sound running. Sound running. Yeah, we'll have to see the schedule because I know the Spanish national championship that I need to go is March 2nd or 3rd. So that's like two weeks before. I think, okay, unless it's pretty tactical, I'll be a little tired. I, I will still be like happy to give it a try, but realistically, I'll be tired. I'm My champ is national champ. Yeah. Yeah. Like I need, I need to go to qualify. I need to show the people that are selecting the team. Hey, I'm worth. Will they take, t- they take just straight top three or is it top two? No, that's the thing. They take the national champ gets a spot auto spot if he's a, if he can make it through the rankings or whatever right if he's actually making it automatic spot the other two you gotta like show yourself how fast you can discretionary yeah so if i don't go to national championships i'm not putting myself out there for them to be like okay i'm seeing your race like you're doing good if i get sick you know like i need to go that's very important even though the timing is not great with the great sound running uh race dates in March but I'm still I would still be happy to do both and maybe I don't run as fast as I want to but maybe I still run fast enough I don't know um like that's the thing then I if if I run fast enough to make Europeans then at Europeans I can get a lot of points so that will be the second race got it since it's before the Olympics yeah gotcha makes sense gotcha Alrighty, um let's dive into our um how well do you know Tin Man Elite pop quiz? Uh, we came up with this literally 10 minutes before. Can I do this? This episode? You want to do this? I have an, I have an edit. I have it on my phone. Oh, 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 oh you know it for yourself? Yeah. I have um, an edit. Damn. I'm nervous. So why don't we just, Joey, why don't we just take turns reading these? Okay, great. Yeah. Can, can you see the laptop? I have it on here, though, and it's in the same order. Okay, perfect. Okay, question first. <laughs> yeah. No, no, yeah, years ago, years ago. no, 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 come on. So, you get so, a chance. So what is this, like, what's this? So we're going to ask questions and we are going to say, so the first question is who on the team is an Eagle Scout? And you're going to have to say which member of Tim Man Elite it is. And every single question is a different person. So there's no repeats. There's no repeats. You ready? That's the first question. Can you repeat the question? <laughs> who on the team is an eagle scout if you get 50 percent of these right i will be very impressed an eagle scout is like those people that you stand there in the tree <laughs> yeah just like <laughs> just like that. like make wood yeah, like they, a buyer they, and... they sell popcorn you know they yeah. yeah they get badges for doing good deeds our coaches included yeah yeah oh that's, that's good to know you yeah. question hey, we're gonna leave that out obviously we're gonna make max technically is included too How's the curveball? So, coaches, Mac, and we need to set a timeless. Okay, okay, okay. Read. Oh. Correct. That is correct. All right, next one. Who used to drive a motorcycle to practice? Oh, I thought. Mark. 
No, no it's sick. Can you imagine Mark in a full leather outfit coming to practice? I don't know why I was like, this is a really hard one because you wouldn't expect it. Right. Like, you know, you would think maybe... And he did sell it, so there's no way you would know. Yeah, he sold it. This is actually a really endearing story. He sold it so he could get an engagement ring. So that narrows it down. So that narrows it down quite a bit. Hunter? Yeah, honor, no, honor, and honor winner. Yeah, I guess he he has the flow, you know. Yeah, yes, <laughs> he does have. You should swag. see. We got to show you a picture. We'll flash a picture up on YouTube of Connor in full leather. It's it's a sight to be seen. You think Grant Fisher looks good in a speed suit? Yeah. Honor winner leather. Oh wow, way better. Yeah, bring bring on the podcast. Let's see it. Let's see it. Let me, let me do the next one too. Okay, this is the only person on the team that has pooped themselves while running mags. <laughs> do it before mags. I think it was. Pooped themselves before mags and then proceeded to run mags. It would be a uh, curveball if it was a coach. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be really sad. <laughs> In the car. <laughs> um, Oof. Sam. Yeah. Oh, man. I, we kind of blew that one by the set of being like, I'll do this one instead of me saying my own question. Uh, oh, I, actually, I thought you told me you saw your pen. <laughs> I did. I did. But I, I didn't know if it was there. I, uh, I'll tell the story briefly um, because it is a funny story. I was so excited. I was a freshman in college visiting Boulder, Colorado. And I got out of that car, let out a fart, shit myself. Yeah, and then, and it was like my whole team was there and no one noticed that I shit myself. I didn't like proclaim it. I just ran into the woods tossed my running shorts and I was wearing like basketball shorts. So I put the basketball, sh- so I literally threw these running shorts just away into the mm-hmm. depths of the woods. Oh, wow. Put my basketball shorts on, started the run, free ball in, <laughs> in basketball shorts. Yeah. And it wasn't until like three or four miles into the run that someone finally was like, Sam, why the hell are you wearing basketball shorts, bro? And I had to tell him like, yeah, you know, I like. You didn't have to tell them. You wanted to tell them. <laughs> Oh, no, I hate water. There was, no, there was no lying at that point. And <laughs> I started chafing so bad. Because basketball liner is brutal. Uh, out seam. Yeah, that's that front seam, let me tell you. Um, I was in a world of pain. And Oof. I looked at one of my teammates who was wearing, like, boxer briefs, like whitey tighties, underneath his running shorts. So he wouldn't chafe. So I was like, bro, Mike, you, like, got to give me those running shorts and I'll give you my basketball shorts. And he was like, no dude, I'm not changing with you. And we're literally in the middle of mags running up these hills, like dying. And I'm like, come on, I'll like pay for your Rockies tickets. If you let me, uh, if if you change. So in the middle of mags, I get butt naked, (laughs) give him my basketball shorts, take his running shorts and then just hammer the rest of the run out of, um, anger. So that is unfortunately my first Magnolia Road experience. I mean, you uh, definitely felt so much better. Like, have you ever shit yourself on a run? No, I haven't. Ever beforehand? How about you? No. Ah, oh, I, I have been like close. I have been close. Because at least made up a story to make me feel better. Well, I've been close. <laughs> I had to stop. Like, I had 10 seconds to stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I was did you stop. Did you use a sock? Like, what was the move? A leaf. Leaf. Move. Yeah. Leafs are scary. Man. I, I, yeah. Why? They could be sharp. They could be sharp. But <laughs> sidebar, I was, so I had made up a story before that I did shit my pants on a rug at a Mr. Alpha Phi event because they said, what's the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to you in college? And I didn't party in college a lot. So that I uh, like, I literally came up with a story. <laughs> just made up a whole story on the spot. Oh, wow. <laughs> I shit myself during practice and everybody did not like it. One of uh, really? you yeah, could the other, like, 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 like,
my old assistant coach told me a story once that I just thought was the funniest story was that he went on a he went on a long run. This was when he was in college at University of Delaware. He went on a long run, made breakfast. This was like his routine. Got back, made breakfast, put it on a plate, jumped in the shower real quick, put on his nice, you know, clean sweats, and then uh, picks up his plate, sits down, <laughs> this fresh bear about to watch football, and just shits himself just out of nowhere and the thought of my assistant coach just wearing a nice just fresh out of his shower sweats and he just said he walked straight back into the shower i'm not gonna say his name out of that's why you go to the bathroom before a shower always all right so i have the next two now take um who on the team is a twin oh are you is he 100 percent so far no he missed the connor one yeah he missed connor it's only been three you know that's good you're on track for 50 percent One second. Can be. Ooh. Is it Austin? Nice. Wow. Really? Dang. We really, I really Damn. thought I'd well, get you on that is, one. It I, is Austin. I remember no. these things in runs that people say, but I don't remember who it is. And I have like three people that could be. Damn, that is good. I'm literally guessing at this point. All right. Who on the team did 114? By 100 meter second hill sprints for a workout. 114. He did 114 reps. By what? A hun- by a, he did a he did 114 100 meter wow. hill sprints. Yeah, that's like 11 and 0.4 miles. It's insane. Or oh, so crazy. It's oh no, that's okay. Never mind. Um, yeah. Um, has to be broken. He's, he's on it. As wow, he, I thought we he's were. He's the get guy to do it. So good. He's the guy to do it. He is. I feel like he, he, he is the guy to do it. He he loves training, so he he would just do that. I don't know. All right, next one. Mm-hmm. All right, this guy had five school records in college. It wasn't Drew. <laughs> it was you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's not many people left. There aren't many people left. That's yeah, yeah. This is getting way too easy now. Now that you've gotten so many right, um, who on the team has met Mike Tyson and Kobe Bryant? <laughs> what? Wow. Okay. <laughs> I mean, those are some heavy hitter celebrities. Like if I could no pun two celebrities, like those two would be up there. Drew. Is it? Yeah. Oh wow! You're gonna get every single one of these. I almost said Mark on that one. Yeah, he would have me. Yeah, lose again. All right. Which one should I do? All right. Who on the team was in a fraternity in college? It's either. It's either Max or Mark. I guess it. Mark. Yes. yes. Finally. <laughs> Max. Oh. It was Max. It was Max. I, I don't know. You said what, yes because I got it. <laughs> what is, uh, what was his fraternity? I don't know. I can't give a shout out. Yeah. All right. You want to do the whole thing? Max. We technically have two more. All right. You go do the next one then. Yeah. All right. Uh, this is, this person is the only person on the team to run at the World Cross Country Championships. Wait, who? And it's not Max to give you a It's not Max. Even though Max did run a marathon, oh, shout out. It's Mark. Yeah. It's, yeah, 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 yeah. We're in it too. Mm-hmm. 
And then who on the team used to be a world record holder? Well, John. It was John. That's, that's I mean, that was the last one left. Good work. Whoa, whoa, whoa record there. Wait, I need another world record though. Bonus if you can guess what event. Uh, it's probably, it's probably a hard one, right? Just guess. Ten miles. No, Masters eight hundred. Right? Was yeah. it the eight hundred? Yeah. yeah, Masters eight hundred. Joan Hunter. Oh wow. That's yeah, good. she was a baller. Absolute legend. Yeah, she was a baller. She is still a legend. You got anything else, Joey? About that game or no, anything. Any other questions to wrap up? Something I wanted to talk to you about, Antonio. We can we can glaze over this quick. If you if you want Spanish clauses, I'll do it. <laughs> like I'll do it. I know Spanish, okay. <laughs> All right, why don't you he's, do this last time? Okay, me. guys. He's I, I, gonna... <laughs> do it and say it in Spanish. <laughs> All right, I get it. I don't know what I put him in the spot. Like <laughs> he's very good at Spanish, let's be honest. No, I'm gonna I'm not. Um, anyways, uh, I, I want to, I'm like very infatuated with, with Spanish, like running history. Okay. And so I want to know who, and you might not get this reference. So I'll explain it to you. It's like, who is on your Spain runner, Mount Rushmore? Like who, mm-hmm. do you understand what that is? That's like the five, is it five or four? Four or five best or favorite runners to come from Spain. Infatuated. So you like, you love it. I love it. Infatuated is a strong word. Love. <laughs> it's yeah, it's my sangre, <laughs> right? Well, there's these. There's a thing. People watching these, I'm not gonna know these people. That's okay. That's but that's the thing. Mount Rushmore is not just the four best people. It could be the most influential person. It could be the person that affected the culture the most. It could be the person that changed history. Mm. So it doesn't just have to be the four best. I I don't know if that just made it a lot harder for you, but it you made it harder for me because I. I'm pretty bad at history in general. I was bad at history class, so I'm not gonna know who was the first person to break four. Oh, that's okay. So it's, mm. that's why it's your Mount Rushmore. It's your Mount Rushmore. Okay. The first one is easy because he won the Olympic like gold mm-hmm. at in the 1500 in 1992, which was Barcelona. In Barcelona. Yeah. yeah. His name is Fermin Cacho, which is like he had the. He ran like 328, I believe. He had a European record at some point. Second all time behind. I think third right now. Because can I just looked it up. Jacob and Katir. Well, he's second in, sorry, in Spain. Yes, yes. yes, yes. What's his name? Fermin Cacho. Yeah. Fermin he won the 92 he, Olympics. He won, but like the last 200, I think he, he won 50 seconds on the last. His last like 400. 400 was like 49. I saw 49. I street through black. Maybe, yeah. Like. It was insane. It still runs 334. Yeah. So it wasn't like 350 Matthew Centrovich. Yeah, it was like right. a 334 closer in 49. So yeah. really everybody. In- look it up. Look it up. It's oh, yeah. No, I've seen it. I've, um, Amos Bottersmeyer, shout out, mm-hmm. um, who's on my German Mount Rushmore, right. uh, of course, uh, is, uh, he showed me videos of him mm-hmm. before like his 1500 at World. He's like, bro, watch this dude. Yeah. Absolutely just run out of his mind. If you haven't seen it, definitely go to YouTube and watch that race. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah, then I guess I will have to say there's this guy that that was born close to my to where I lived in Barcelona, mm-hmm. and see Ralph three thirty in the fifteen hundred. He made world championships. I think he got third in a world championship. His name is Reyes Estevez, mm-hmm. and he he used to have hair, but then he went bald. So you will know him because he's the Spanish guy that wore blacks like ca- like half calves in every world championship. He was bald. And wore black half yeah. socks. Yeah, I do. Know he he yeah. is insane. Absolutely. Yeah. Apparently, he 
Well, you want some history here. He, <laughs> he's probably the most talented 1500 runner of all time. And the reason Al Garouche said this about him, apparently, oh. I hear. He used to party literally all the time. Didn't care. Didn't tr like he would just party and mm -hmm. then he just rip a crazy workout the next day. Like yeah. he didn't care, but he was so good that El Guru said the only person that can beat me right now, which obviously he got beat a couple of times at Olympics. The only person that can beat me is this guy, but he will never beat me because he doesn't try hard enough. Yeah. So I don't know if he's really the most talented ever, but he definitely is three thirty guy. Three thirty guy, not yeah. not caring about anything. That's pretty. All right. So that's two. That's two. That's two. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you four. Yeah, let's do four. Um, there's. I'll give you an easy one. Mario Garcia. Rojas. I was waiting for. Yeah, I was waiting because for boy, he's, he's. I mean, we're raised together since I was, eleven years old, twelve. You know when, when the first national championships are actually happened. I'm the twelve, maybe. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Uh, and do you have a picture of you and Mario racing when you go to kids? Oh yeah. Okay. I we probably, need to we need to find what up. We need yeah. to find that. And I have like a, a couple of pictures of us like in a like training national camp like for a couple of days. Uh, he's like kids. He's like having fun, <laughs> you know. Anyways, um, he's up there because, I mean, he's the first of my friends that we were like good good in Spain that has made it big, you know, and so. To some degree, he's influential for me. Actually. Oh, he's a 2K mile Spanish record holder now. Yeah, and yeah, 2K and mile mm -hmm. indoors and outdoors. I think yeah. so he has two records yeah. this year. So kind of like Yaris, but in Spain. You know what I mean? All right, last one. And yeah, uh, and also I'll say he was influential because he's a year older. Mm -hmm. So he was always a little better than me because when you grow up, you're always a little better. Yeah, for sure. So Naturally, I always was like, whatever Mario does. I'll do next year. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing happened though recently. <laughs> Obviously, hey, is he ACC champ though? But he's not an ACC champ. Mario's not an ACC champ. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, fourth guy. Wow. If I or girl, hmm. There's. Well, that's the thing. I was gonna say this girl, but she ended up doping, so she. <laughs> she's not up there no more. <laughs> There's these. This woman, uh, her name is Natalia Rodriguez, which I believe she won world championships. I don't know if it was, I forgot the event. I'm stupid for this, but she might won the 1500 mm. or I think it was the 1500. Mm. But she got DQ because she kind of went on the inside and pushed a little bit. This, this girl, but she was, was going to win regardless because she won and it was so clear that she won, but she, she lost, but. She was, I mean, about to be yeah. out. I, I don't think anyone from Spain has won the 1500 World Championship by her. Um, yeah. There's also a couple of guys um, that, like, there was this time where, like, three Spanish guys won one to three in the marathon for European championships. Yeah. And then I think for a World Championship, also won two. So those guys were, they're also yeah. pretty much updating history of Spain. Favorite Spanish athlete of all time, any sport. Ooh. Okay. You have 10 seconds. It has to be either Fernando Alonso, mm -hmm. which he's the goat of goats. <laughs> he just doesn't get the right car, you know what I mean? <laughs> but he, either that or Rafa Nadal. Oh, which, yeah. Like, I mean. Hard to, hard to beat Rafa. Yeah. Yeah. Some unreal swag. I know. But Fernando Alonso, when he was like winning championships, like 
he made the sport relevant in Spain. Right. Yeah. Like, no one really cared. At least I didn't until he started doing that. And then everybody would watch it on the weekends. Like, really, everybody would. And now, even now, people will watch it only for him, mm-hmm. which is insane. So, hopefully, next year, he signs with Red Bull and can can actually win again. Yeah. yeah. Who's who's your Mount Rushmore steeplechasers of all time? Of all time. Steeplechaser. Oh, gosh, that's a big question. Um, there's just every anybody and everybody. Uh, for you, yeah, that's a that's a tough question to put me on the spot for. I think I'd have to say I'm on there because <laughs> <laughs> I am my own biggest fan. I'm gonna start you with Laura Mine, okay? You Thank are you. Mine. Um, I'll start with Emma Coburn. That's an easy one. Won a world championship. Like, was really like there from like the infancy of the event for women's steeplechasing like she made it is crazy to think about how like women's steeplechasing wasn't a thing until like 2006 it's, it's crazy yeah, yeah she like missed like the first like world championships and ran at, or like the first olympics and then ran at the second olympics with the women's steeplechase so she's like a pioneer for the sport for sure um i'd have to say lamentia germa obviously like world record holder now is like absolutely crazy but the next person that is definitely above him is El Bacali. Like that, I don't care what anybody says about that guy. He knows how to race and he can just find it. Um, and I got to race him and hang out with him in Zagreb. So and uh, shout out to that guy, um, to Sufi, my boy. Um, <laughs> he, yeah, he's fun to watch. And boy, did I have a front seat in Zagreb last year for 2K Stiebel. And then, gosh, last one, um, Jager, obviously. Like, oh, like, the, yeah. I, I don't know how I missed that one. Yeah, I grew up watching Jager. So yeah. just to be able to race against him is so awesome. Yeah. So like, actually, Jager, Jager was the reason that I watched Diamond Leagues mm-hmm. growing up. Yeah. Like in sure. college, I watched Diamond Leagues to watch Evan Jager battle it out for sure. You know, like with all like the amazing Kenyan and Ethiopian runners. He's like the guy that, like, basically is like, if he can do it, why can't I? You yeah. know, because like, obviously, Africans, East Africans have dominated the event for so long when I mean, he started throwing himself in there it's like well if he can do it why can't i do it yeah know? so yeah yeah that's a big one i have another one but i forgot his name he's canyon he's short he used to win all the time oh yeah gosh i'm forgetting his name uh con silas no not Caprudo. was before Caprudo. Caprudo. Was, was it was it a the guy the guy that used to do like the yeah 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 that guy that guy like, he had like guy. one like small yeah yeah like i think it's his name i saw so, Caprudo, right I thought I thought Zano was. It's not consensus Caprudo. No, it's before him. He was. Like, I can't. Yeah, I. I, I, I no, the guy that is dancing. That I got it. This guy could not lose. Caprudo never danced. Ezekiel Campbell. Yeah, yeah. absolute legend. Of doesn't the sport. have like doesn't. I'm pretty sure uh, Ezekiel Kemboy has like a song about him. Probably. That guy. Yeah, Ezekiel. Yeah, yeah. 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 Ezekiel Bro, he Kemboy. The dance is unreal. He's on there. It's unreal. Yeah, he's a good one. That's that. Yeah. I'll yeah. do my I'll do my German route, Mount Rushmore real quick. Dieter Baumann, of course, of course, five K gold medalist. His... Wait, is it for something specific? You said, huh? What's the Mount Rushmore for? For German, oh, German runners, runners. Yeah. or my Mount Rushmore from German runners. Uh, Dieter Baumann, uh, Richard Ringer, just because he was my roommate in Doha, European marathon champion. Uh, I mean. I'm biased just because it just happened, but Amanal Petros just setting the German yeah. national record in the marathon. Also, my homie, you both those guys used to run the 5K, and I never got to beat Richard, and I was so upset when he moved to the roads because I always wanted because he was like the German champion, like he has so many German cha- mm-hmm. like t- championships in front of it. That's his name, bro. Yeah. Um, and then it's a toss up 
but I got to give the tilt to uh, Gisa Krause, the steeple, German steeplechaser. She's got, I know, a bronze medal. So, yeah. So you said Amos was on there. Amos is on there, but on like a nice personal sketch right, of yeah. like that I did into the wall like later. Um, <laughs> so Got that. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening uh, to episode three. If you're still listening, you are a true fan. Please like, comment, subscribe, all that great stuff. Antonio, we cannot wait to follow this year and support you uh, throughout everything you have coming your way this year. I am so appreciative of you being a part of this team and investing yourself. So thank you so much. And uh, until next time, this has been the Tin Talk Pod. Viva España. Viva España. For this episode, we are giving away a Coros Pace 3 track edition. These just came out in this beautiful red color. I am using one of these myself. We all are. All you have to do is share any video from any clip from the podcast on your story, and you'll be entered to win this new Coros Pace 3. Thank you so much for all the support. Any likes, any comments, any subscribers, any feedback. We are looking for that, and we appreciate it so much. Thank you so much for supporting Tintalk Pod. Bye.